What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You are listening to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, episode number one, Struggling Postpartum. Start here. Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn how to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out and find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three, a songwriter, life coach, and wellness advocate, Liz Langston. Hey there, this is Liz Langston, your life coach, and welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast. I am Liz Langston, and before I get into introductions, I just want to start right in with 10 things that I would tell a mama who is crying most of the time or numb when she isn't and laying on the floor instead of doing her laundry, who doesn't recognize herself around her kids and who cannot seem to grasp where her brain is and what has happened to her soul and her personality. This is postpartum depression. In future episodes, I'm going to get talking about the scientific, I mean, I don't go real deep into that because I don't feel like it's necessary for our purposes, but I will be talking about telltale signs that you are depressed and versus baby blues and We'll be talking about all of the technicalities, but right now I want to catch you where your heart is, which is swimming and confused and scared and numb and apathetic and all of those things. And I just want to talk to you right now, mama. So I see you. I don't know where you are, what your name is, how many kids you have, how long it's been since you had your baby, but I was there. I was hurting. I've since risen above with tools when I was ready. I suffered and I was in pain for a while. And when I was ready and it was my time to move forward and outward and upward, I found the life coach school. I found Brooke Castillo, my mentor, Jody Moore, my life coach. And through the tools and working models, which I will explain what that is in later episodes, don't worry about it. I got through this and you will, and you can too. But in the meantime, while you're struggling and swimming, and this is scary and new and overwhelming and numb and everything, I'm going to tell you 10 things that I wish someone might have told me when I was where you are. So the first thing I want to tell you, postpartum depression feels like it's sucking the life out of you and that you're lost. But I just want to tell you 
the same part of you that is numb and apathetic and snaps really easily and very fragile emotionally is still you. And don't miss the opportunity to love yourself through this. Don't miss the opportunity to be there for you even when you don't make sense to you. Okay, so nothing's wrong with you. Your brain and your hormones are a bit unwound, stretched out. They're gonna find their rhythm again. You'll get through this. But don't, my my first thought is don't miss the opportunity to love yourself through this. It will strengthen your relationship with yourself now and for a lot of time into the future. The second thing I wanna tell you is that you're human. I know you know this. I just wanted to remind you. And part of being human is being vulnerable. That's right. I'm laughing. Okay. Remember how we can laugh (laughs) and be depressed at the same time. You can even laugh when it doesn't totally doesn't feel like it makes sense. You can just, that's my watch. Sorry. You can just laugh and there doesn't need to be a reason. And just like you can be sad without warning. If you want to just be happy without warning, you can do that too. (laughs) And it might not even make sense, but anyway, Being human is being vulnerable and vulnerability to you at this time might just look like allowing yourself to be a little bit twisted up and broken and a little bit confused and a little bit unsure of why and how and everything. So being human is being vulnerable and just lean into this vulnerability. That doesn't mean you don't help yourself through this and you don't research or talk to other people and use your resources as you can and as you will. But like Byron Katie says, who is kind of a a hero in the world of life coaching and just deep thinking, Byron Katie says, in essence, when we fight against what's real, what's present for us, we lose 100% of the time. And I just want to remind you that kicking against this by thinking thoughts like, I don't know why this is happening to me. I hate this is happening to me. I hate that I can't control this or feeling sorry for yourself that this is happening to you, albeit very normal. And that's a place where I hung out for a long time, just as someone who's gotten through it. And also as a coach, I just want to offer to you that fighting against what is real for you right now, that this is happening to you is just going to weaken your position and your stance and your ability to stand strong through it and possibly take a step forward and get out of it a little bit when you're ready. So it's just elongating your path towards healing when you fight against it. Just be vulnerable and let that vulnerability look like just accepting this. The whole postpartum depression or whatever you want to call this. You don't even have to call it depression if you don't want to. Okay, that's just a made up phrase. We don't have to do that but you don't want to be in denial either. All right. The third thing I want to tell you, I know you're worried about your kids. You're worried about how you've been treating them as you've been fighting through this and you're not recognizing yourself. And I just want to let you know, I promise, promise, promise mama. And at the other side of this, your kids will be okay. In fact, they'll be great. And I have to say my oldest child was you know, old enough to kind of struggle along with me because he was old enough to pick up on mama wasn't exactly normal. He was too young to really articulate it or talk with me about it for sure. He was only, you know, 20 months old when I had just had my second baby and was in postpartum depression for the first time. But he and I, we struggled together and sometimes it's okay to struggle together. Even when your kids are little, that doesn't mean you're harming them 
It doesn't mean you're not watching yourself and trying to do your best, but sometimes your best is less than you wish it was. And that doesn't mean you're a bad parent. And so just know your kids will be fine. It's okay to struggle together and you are doing your best. Give yourself that you're trying. So another thing just to go along with that is just remember the power of saying you're sorry, right? You're sorry that you're not more able to be who you want to be as a mom and you're going to get there. But in the meantime, I am sorry because I love you. And sometimes you can't make it better. You can't even change, but you can say, I'm sorry. This isn't how I want to be. I'm working on it. I'm trying to figure this out. And I'm so sorry. And that shows compassion and just, they'll know that you love them, which is exactly what they need. That's all they need. All right. The fourth thought, are you sticking with me? The fourth thought, every day can look different. I love what I'm about to say. Okay. I was prepping for my mission. I was getting ready to put in my mission papers. So I served a 18 month mission to Santiago, Chile West with president King shout out. And, um, I remember I would like randomly stop students who I either knew or looked like they were returned missionaries, Uh, on the campus of Brigham Young University, Idaho, which is where I did my first, my associate's degree. It's where I got it. Anyway, I would just randomly be like, no, I mean, it wasn't super randomly. I wasn't a weirdo, but you know, if I was otherwise struck up a conversation with them and it, I would usually try to work that into the conversation. I just wanted to know advice for serving a mission. And one kid, I, I never will know him again. And I so thank him for this. And I don't know where he got it, but one day your best may be worth a hundred dollars. Like you're on fire. And one day it's literally like 50 cents and it doesn't matter what you're able to produce and get out, especially during this time of postpartum depression for you or whatever you want to call this funk, right? It doesn't matter. It just matters that it is your best and that you did try. And so having that grace with yourself, I feel like there's a common thread here through all these thoughts. It's essentially like grace, be kind with yourself, allow it be where you're at. Right. But anyway, this one is just really about every day can look different and your best will look different every day. And that's okay. Right. Because we're vulnerable right now and we are moving through this and it looks, we've never done this before. It can look different every day and just allow that, allow that and be okay with every day looking different. Okay. Thought number five, your husband You might have already picked up on this or felt this or doubted this or been concerned about this. Your husband doesn't understand, 100% understand what you're going through. He probably does in some ways, or he's at least very much trying to, and he might understand via what you've told him, but obviously he's a man, not a woman. And he's supposed to be that way, right? And we married men for a reason and they're not supposed to understand 100%. And that's okay. Don't hold it against him. I caused myself so much isolation and sorrow because I held on to the thought that he should understand when he didn't. And I made it mean things like he doesn't love me enough or he's not loving me the way I need to be loved because he's not understanding. He can't understand why I'm like this. Or in those moments when he's frustrated too, just like you are, and he's scared and confused about the way you're being just like you are. And he vocalizes that. Just remember that's him loving you the best way he can. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I will throw this out there. My first round of postpartum depression, before I knew that's what was happening, which might be where you are, right? You had It hadn't even occurred to me to go talk to someone. I just thought this was like what life after a baby was, was just hard all the time and fighting with your husband and not wanting to be around your kids and just all of it, which by the way, it doesn't have to be like that. So if it's like that for you, there's a red flag there. doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you, but it just means, Hey, maybe you need to give some attention and thought to this, look into it. Anyway, I remember we sat down together, the baby, I finally put the baby down for the night. I was exhausted. He was exhausted. At the time, he was a full-time student. So for those of you who are wives of students, that was me, baby. I'm with you. And um, he was getting his mechanical engineering degree at ASU at the time. So really long days for him. And obviously, I was very volatile and just kind of wounded still and so confused. And he just said to me, I just don't understand why you're just always so not happy all the time. And I don't really know what to do. And it's really hard for me to handle it. Right. And had he and I known I was going through depression and that's what that was. And that's what it looked like. Of course he would have had much more compassion. And so would I, would I have towards myself. Right. But we didn't, it was our first, no, our second baby, but our first time with it being like this. And so I just look back on that and I don't hate him for it. Right. I don't, judge him for that because he was a first time husband of a depressed wife and trying to make sense of that. Right. So just remember like as hard as it is for you, it's hard for him in other ways that you can't understand. And just like he can't understand you, there's parts about his side of things right now as the dad that you can't understand the things that might be harder in other ways and easier in other ways. And so we're, you're both just trying your best, but when you start to get, you know, mad at him or down on him or angry, even if it's just in your mind and you haven't vocalized it, that he doesn't understand you more, whatever you're cutting yourself off from the love that he can totally give you. You know, he can love you better or different than anybody else in your world. Don't separate yourself from that by thinking thoughts like he doesn't understand. Okay. He doesn't understand. I'm just going to give you that one. Right. But what, what do you make that mean? Right. Don't make it mean negative things that are going to isolate you from him. Okay. Thought number six, it's okay to just survive. And you might have already kind of tuned into this and be good at it. And you might still be fighting everything um, the way it is, but just remember it's okay to survive. And our brains are foggy in depression, right? Planning ahead seems just impossible sometimes if we even think about doing it and following through on commitments is like a whole nother world away at times. And it can just seem miraculous if it even is in within reach, right? So shrink down your world for the time being, make it small. If that means not doing social media or not posting, maybe, um, if that means not talking to friends that are kind of peripheral friends and really just digging in deep with those friends who, you know, can understand what you're going through. I have to tell you whether it was the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. One thing that I tended to do when I was in my depression is I would really only talk to those friends and family members 
who had had experience with depression to an extent. I still talked to my mom, for example, and I don't, I don't know that she's ever truly clinically been depressed, but I leaned towards, I gravitated towards other people in my life who had for sure dealt with depression in their own way and knew what I was going through. And friends of yours that don't understand right now, think about what I told you about your husband, right? They, they want to, and they might be scared or confused, right? But here's one thing I want to tell you. You don't need to complain and you don't need to explain. That's my mother-in-law got that from someone in her family, right? So this is a generational wisdom, Langston wisdom coming at you. You don't need to complain, but I want to emphasize you don't need to explain, okay? So I have a dear friend of mine who told me uh, a few weeks ago in a sweet, you know, message on an app that we would talk regularly with that, Hey, I am struggling right now with this thing. Um, it falls into the category of postpartum depression and anxiety and stuff. And she just said, I, you won't be seeing me on here for a while. And I'm going to just kind of not talk to you for a while, you know, for whatever reason, like these conversations with me were a trigger for her and she needed to pull back and make her world smaller to be able to survive and glean the knowledge and the wisdom and the understanding of what she was going through and get her feet on the ground like she needed to. And I just want you to know that if you're feeling the urge to do that, but you're feeling guilt about it, or you're feeling all this drama that you're not being a better friend, or you should be going to that play date or whatever, just don't, don't add the layers of guilt and drama. Like it is your motherly intuition, right? Taking care of yourself after having children is a whole different ball game. And sometimes it looks new in what, like it's, it's a new experience, especially when you're going through new lows and new depths of motherhood, like negative wise, that is also going to look like new social life and new friendship. Like things are going to look new for a while and it's not forever, but you don't need to add the guilt and the everything else on top of it. Just allow yourself to shrink your world down. You don't need to explain. You can explain later when you're well. Okay. So the next thought I want to tell you about or offer to you is this one. I thought a lot about how to, to kind of offer it because here's the thing. What I want to tell you is sometimes you just need to sink in to the depression, right? Like it's an ocean and you're trying to struggle and trying to go about your day and like do the bare minimum even. Sometimes you just need to sit on the couch and allow your brain to rest. That doesn't mean you're committing suicide, okay? It doesn't mean you're even indulging in suicidal thoughts or you're, you know, I'm not saying you need to give up and and um, surrender to the idea that you'll ever get better. That's not what I'm talking about. But as you hold on to the end goal of healing completely and finding yourself again, along that way, what it looks like sometimes to heal is to rest. And for me, that looked like closing the shades so that no one could see into my house and putting the baby down for a nap or putting on a show for him and watching Downton Abbey for like three hours or whatever, right? And that doesn't mean if our kid needs us, we don't attend to him, but 
Sometimes it just means like giving into the fuzziness that's in your brain because there are moments when that is your, your mind telling you that that's what it needs. So I know when I say that, I'm going to probably get grief from people and you might be freaking out like, well, then isn't that just giving up? Right. But when you can't make it through folding a batch of laundry without sobbing for no reason, and you don't understand it, or you can't make it through your morning without crawling back into bed, pause. I don't judge you at all. And that was totally me. So this isn't set out of judgment, but rather than trying to fold that laundry, even when you're not in a state to do that, just allow yourself to be a little bit broken today and sink into it in the way that you need to. And you'll know when you're ready to get off that couch. Okay. You know, you, so don't have fear about what that might be, you know, giving into the failure or, you know, that you're letting your guard down or whatever, because you can have faith that you know yourself and you can have faith in your sense of balance of when it's time to get going again. So faith definitely over the fear. Number eight, this is so normal. You might've heard this before, but if you haven't, I feel honored and blessed to be the one to tell you this, that this is so normal. And that doesn't mean it's easy or fun. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't get help. Okay. But I just want to offer this loving, for me, it was kind of a consoling thought that this is really normal. And there's actually a huge amount of people out there who have been through this, are going through it, or will go through it. And so just know that postpartum depression is not unique to you, although it feels unique. And a lot of times if you're surrounded by people who have never been through this, it can feel very lonely. Join a Facebook group. Look at your local hospital or your OB's office for postpartum mama meetups. I went to one, it was called healthy expectations here at the Denver. I think it's at the children's hospital, actually the Anschutz, whatever medical center. And I only went probably three times and that's kind of all that I needed. It was, this was after my third baby. So it was my second time kind of in postpartum depression. And so I don't know. I just, I got through it a bit quicker, but I knew what I needed and I just needed a support from people who had been where I was or were where I was. And I also needed to just get out and have a reason and an excuse to get out. So don't underestimate the value of getting out of the house, my baby girl. I'll talk more about coping skills, both mentally, which is what I'm a coach for, but also just practical tips and stuff in later podcast episodes. But It's just, it's so normal. And if you're not feeling like it is, check your thinking because sometimes your thinking can be poor and it can get you feeling lonely and isolated. So don't allow yourself to think it's not normal or that you're the only one because that's not true. And then also, if you are feeling that way, do the work of putting yourself in a position to not feel that way as much with a support group of some kind. Okay, number nine, don't be afraid of meds. I mean, hold up. You can totally be afraid of meds, getting medicated for postpartum depression if you want to. Just, I was a little, I was afraid, that's for sure. But just know that when you walk into that doctor's office, time out, if you haven't already contemplated going, 
if you don't like your thoughts and you aren't yourself, that's enough reason right there to just walk yourself into your OB, make an appointment. I brought my sister-in-law with me. She's so sweet. She offered to come with me. And I honestly don't know if I would have actually made it to the appointment, just where I, where I was at mentally, emotionally, had I not had someone like drive me there <laughs> and walk with me every step of the way. So if you need that, ask for it, find it. But your doctor's not just going to like give you meds without talking to you about it. He's not obligated to just stick medicine in your mouth. He's not, it's not like it feels all of this whole situation probably feels very out of control, but just remember that, you know, you have rights when you walk into that office and you're not going to be given meds that you don't okay first. Right. And so it's not something that if you go see your doctor, you're going to get medicated. That is not necessarily true at all. And this is your decision, you and your husband and the Lord and whoever else you want to include on this decision. But also, if you're going to go into your OB, I know my OB had two female physician's assistants. And one of them I knew was of my same religion. But more than that, that didn't really matter. It was the fact that she had had five children and she was a woman. So not saying you need to switch doctors if that's not available to you, but if you feel like maybe you're not ready for medication or you're not desperate enough or sick enough for that, and you just want to talk to someone that's also a medical professional who can evaluate you at the same time as giving compassion to you and kind of sharing their story with you, you might want to consider maybe, you know, look and see if your OB's office has physician's assistance, or if you already have a female doctor, awesome. Doesn't have to be female. Okay. You can like a male OB is still going to be really helpful, but you, you know, just consider if that would be something that would resonate with you seeing a female. Okay. So yeah. And then number 10, thought number 10 is there will be a day when you start healing. And I know it can seem so far away from where you are right now, but I just, I want to promise you that. Um, and that doesn't mean that it's ever going to be as easy as it ever was before you dealt with this. This might be something that takes you a couple years to really get a handle on, um, especially if you choose not to use medication. Um, and I'll talk more about my journey with meds and the role that they played in my postpartum depression and healing and everything in future episodes. But just, I want to offer to you that again, I, I can't see you. You're not in front of me, but this podcast is going to go out into the world in an amazing way. And it will hit you and find you at the time when you need it. And I want you to know that honestly, I can't think of a better guide than myself <laughs> for someone who's gone through this because I'm kind of the full package. I've got the medical background as far as what I went through medically, then I've got the mental and emotional training that I'll be talking much more about in, in future episodes. I've been through it. Like I said, I have a bachelor's in family studies and human development, and I just have been through therapy and counseling both during times I wasn't depressed and when I was. I've had postpartum anxiety and panic attacks. Like, I just want you to know I'm telling you this because A, stick with me for future episodes. I will and can help you. I have a lot to offer you. And B, I've been where you are, mama. I've been where you are, friend, mother, like woman, girl, you. I'm talking to you. Like, I've been where you are. And it will 
you will heal, but that is not going to happen when you're just fighting this, kicking against it or indulging in the fear and the confusion and the self-pity. You just like be, just be with it. Allow your world to be small. Allow yourself to just survive. My house was messy for, I can't tell you how long. And that goes on to my number 11, which is kind of like the bonus thought that I thought of, which is just do yourself a favor and detach the belongings that are out of place in your house, right? Neutralize. Like right now you look at your house being messy. Maybe, I mean, for me, it was really bad. Like I was living in my mom's guest home. And so she had house cleaners that would come clean her home. And when I was sick like this, she would do the sweet favor of sending them over to clean my house. And like, I found out later that those house, that team of house cleaning ladies straight up dreaded coming into the, the, the place where my family lived. Cause it was so bad. Like full disclosure, I own it. Like I was embarrassed at the time. I have no embarrassment about it now. No shame. Cause that is my, that was my best. That's where I was. I was like, like the, the way you are eating right now and the way you're taking care of your house, I know it's probably freaking you out and way not normal for you. It's just cause your brain is sick. Okay. And your brain is ill and don't make it mean that you're never going to be a productive person again, or that you aren't one or that you're failing as a mom and you're not a good mom. You're not a good house. Like, right. Just save the drama for a day when you can are more capable right now. We're just going to give ourselves grace and allow this. Okay. I'll talk to you in the next episode. I love you. Thanks for coming on the podcast and finding me and we'll talk soon. Hey, Liz here. When I was struggling as a mom of three littles, it was actually a podcast just like this that a friend shared with me that woke me up to getting the help I needed. Please consider sharing a favorite episode with a friend or leave me a review on iTunes to help other moms find the help they need here too. And if you're wanting to get more involved with these topics, you can join my Facebook group for even more discussion, fun, live Q&A sessions, getting to know other moms and wellness ideas. We're at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash wake up your wellness. All one word. Be well, my friends, and I will see you there.